Welcome to Happy Hour, a genuinely joyful podcast dedicated to encourage you, empower you, and put that pep back in your step so that you can get out there and be the amazing world changer that you were created to be. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode with my good friend and mentor, Ian Carroll. Listen, if you are ready to start living out your dream to do what you were put on this earth to do, this is for you. Ian carries a special grace to not only challenge you to step out, but to also empower you to do it. Actually, I think if he was a Marvel character, I would probably call him the catalyst. (laughs) Are you ready? Come on, buckle up, because here we go. I am so excited to be here with you guys. This is something that is really burning on my heart, and I know on Ian's heart as well, that there's this like push for there is something more. And so many of even the prophets I see on Facebook or online, they're like, if you feel like you're going through a hard time, something's about to burst. And that's why I'm here this week. That's why I've invited Ian in here today to just bless you guys. Ian carries um, a gift, a particular gift. I think you called it a superpower the other day. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about about that? Um, Your superpower. (laughs) My my superpower. I I actually, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I was... I was in Reading earlier on this year, and Chris Valentin prophesied over me this two two word prophecy, which was Jordan Peterson, and you know, like him or you know, like him or loathe him, uh, the thing that Jordan does, I think, is very uh, provocative. Is that he actually provokes people to think, provokes people to you know, to bring logic into their circumstances, and uh, not bad theology that we're always kind of used to. So. Um, I just like to think that I provoke people into greatness. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not always nice. Um, and it's not that I'm I'm a I'm a horrible I'm any it's not that I'm any more horrible than anybody else. I just don't uh mince words. I don't I just don't try to um, be nice, I think, you know. I think kindness is much more powerful than than niceness. Um so I think I provoke. You provoke. Sometimes I don't even mean to. Sometimes it's just I'll walk into your room and I'll, I'll provoke. So it's just who you are. <laughs> it's yeah, and I, nature, I, don't, but... I don't. I don't mean to say that in a way that's just like I don't want to be correctable or I don't want to be adjustable or I don't want to learn or I don't want to grow. Which sometimes is like, hey, this is just the way I am. Um, it's very easy to come across as I don't care what people think. Um, which, why would I tell you that if I don't care what you think? I don't have to tell you that if I don't care what you think. The the reality is I I do care what people think about me, um, but I care what the people I love think about me and the people that I'm in relationship with. I care what they think about me. I don't really care what what the trolls think about me. So. Yeah, no, I, I love that about you. I love that you are just genuinely you. And, uh, but, but that's also the gift that's in you is that you bring uh, forth this, this thing in other people, whereas it's not like you said the other day over the weekend, you said, uh, being kind or being nice isn't being kind, it's two different things. And so here we are today. And I would have to propose that we are not here to be nice. 
we are here to to invoke something in you so that that thing that you've had inside of you will actually start to come to fruition, that you can start walking in, in the dream and what you were created to do on this earth to advance the kingdom. Isn't, am I right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete and para means being with you. You know, it's this, like he is actually, you know, it, it's, it's some, some of the old mystics who sort of translated it as he's actually dying in the, the hole with you. Um, but his goal is not to have you stay in the hole. You know, his goal is actually to be down there with you for a purpose, which is not just to burp you and go there, there, there. It's actually to, to be able to lift you out of this place. Uh, love is patient. Love is kind. Those are the only two things that we know that love is. We know what it's not, right? It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't, you know, exalt itself and all those things. We know what it's not. But the only two things that love is, is patient and kind and we're also told that it's the kindness of god that leads to repentance um so it's the it, it is this kindness thing that causes change um you know if you're in if you're in the ditch then the nice thing to do is to say oh that must suck oh i'm so sorry you're in the ditch right the kind thing to do is to throw you a rope yes come on so and it might hit you in the head on the way down, or it might be not like, well, how do you expect me to get this rope? You know, it might not seem very kind. And certainly the, you know, the difference between a culture of honor and a culture of harmony is that one, one is robust and the other one is a snowflake. The other one wow. disappears the minute something, something robust comes up. Yeah. And how do you see that working out right now? So like I said, I've seen so many, me including people just being like, there's something happening right now where you feel like you're almost going backwards, but God is about to do something. So how, what is a way that we that are on here today can partner with that? Like maybe there's a dream inside of us, but as I talked to a lady over the weekend, she doesn't even know what her dream is. She doesn't even know. So where do you start as we are sitting right here listening to you? What is, how do you start kind of so, going so, for more? So I think, I think not knowing what your dream is, not knowing. So your identity and purpose are almost different, right? Your identity and your purpose are kind of a, a couple of different things. You know, we have this great debate between being and doing. You're a human being, not a human doing. So take some time to just be. The problem is the, the being is so uh, intrinsically connected with doing mm -hmm. that we can't separate them, that we just can't separate them. But when we're not sure what our purpose is, when we're not, um, so, so the whole notion of dreaming can be very confusing for people that are not doing well. Like if I'm, if I'm, there, there's a scripture and I realize this is, this is, uh, uh, there's a scripture that was used by a friend of mine called Robin Mark to write this song. And the song was, when you restored us, Lord, we were like those who dream. And there is definitely a link between being whole and dreaming. And the inability to dream is what happens to people who are struggling and fighting and wondering where their next meal is coming from. Um, you know, we have this, this is all over the place. So please reel me in if you need to reel me in. No, I love it. But, but, but we have this notion that people who are super wealthy cannot be trusted with money. I would argue that it's actually the people that have no money can't be trusted with money. 
because they're the ones that are desperate enough that they'll loot and rob and steal in order to get this because the desperation's high. And I think when there's desperation around something and you don't know, I mean, I've experienced it. I've, I've you know, Rachel and I have absolutely experienced this. When we're contending for the next rent payment, yeah. then we stop dreaming. Like yeah. we just stop dreaming. When I'm contending for a family member to just, you know, come to their senses and not destroy themselves, then I stop dreaming. When I'm contending for something in my health, then I stop dreaming. When I'm contending for some, something even that is destiny, destiny, you know, if I'm getting pushed back in a lot of things and everything I try isn't working, then I'm just focused on that, not on dreaming. So there's a real link between being able to dream and actually be, be good internally. Yeah. Uh, I've, I felt, you know, at the, at the weekend I shared at, at Beach and I, <clears throat> um, the, the thing that I, one, of, one of the things that I shared was that the, the supply chain stuff that had been going on on the physical was actually a manifestation of something that's happening in the spiritual, that there is this supply chain delay. And last night, I actually tried to share this on Facebook earlier, but the, the, there's a, it's a beautiful day here uh, where we live, but the, the breeze is really strong, which is great for all sorts of reasons, but it's terrible to try and record outside. So I tried to record and I couldn't get this, but last night I was in the spirit. And when I was in the spirit, I saw these wolves um, that were dressed as sheep. Now these wolves weren't people, they were, uh, let's just call them spirits, right? They were just like these spirits that were dressed as sheep. And what I, what I, what I saw that was happening um, was that I saw that these spirits were, were pretending to be beliefs about the will of God. And these spirits were, pretend, were were imposters. They were masquerading as sound doctrine um, and doctrine that believers had actually, you know, that believers would argue about. And this phrase, and I, I'm part of the reason I'm I was reluctant to even go and share this because I'm afraid of Facebook flagging me for this, um, was that the phrase that the that, that I believe that they represented was election interference. And I'm not talking about the 2020 election. I'm not talking about anything to do with politics. I'm talking about like the interference with your call, that their job was to masquerade as bad theology, bad yeah. thinking to interfere with the, the destiny and purpose that God has for you. Wow. And how easy it is to just say that this is a toxic, evil belief that's actually masquerading as, as a sound doctrine. And I really sensed that this was happening on a, on a massive scale, that there was this interference with people's elections that they assumed was from the hand of God and therefore didn't resist. Because what's the point of resisting God? <laughs> that's a dumb idea, resisting God. But, but I really feel that it's time to bind and loose. I do think that part of the warfare even that we're going into is like binding, binding and loosing <clears throat> and sort of binding that election interference, binding that false belief and changing and repenting from our false beliefs that God has actually has us in this place of delay. It was never the will of God. And you have to get into some really weird doctrine and belief of an understanding of sovereignty to say that God ordained um, you know, Michael, the archangel to be delayed while fighting a battle for, for Daniel. That was not, this is just part of, part of what happens within the, 
the heavenly realms and the earthly realms and how they interact is that there, there can be these kind of delays and interference that goes on and they are empowered when we believe them. Yes. So I, I, I just want to, let, let me just do this. Let me just speak to everybody who is, who is uh, listening to my voice. And I don't mean, you know, I don't mean that you can just listen to it. I, I just want to, you know, speak to everybody that is, that is willingly being influenced by my voice. And I want to, I want to break any notion that God is delaying you, delaying you and your purpose for the benefit of the world, that that is not true, that he is not a premature God. He is a God of just in time. And, uh, and I want us to, to reject and rebuke and renounce any beliefs that the delay that's happening, that the threats that are happening are actually from the hand of God, because you're not good enough. You're not young enough. You're not whatever enough that this is not just reject those beliefs and i break them off each one of us in the name of jesus and i bind every evil spirit that is set against the purposes of the people of god and i release everything that heaven has for us for this time for a time such as this that we would be the light of the world wow wow that is so good um i mean i've totally been feeling it the same you know you go through these things and even over the weekend, it's uh, I got on this call with a group that I'm in, a power group, and and they're like, so did you have any breakdowns over the weekend? And I'm like, over this last week, and I did. I just, I lost. They're like, what do you do? Like, who are you? Like, you forgot who you are. And I'm like, I did. I forgot yeah. my power. I forgot who I am. And it was so good to have someone remind me who I am. No, that's not, that's not the OSIL that, that we know. Yeah. This is who you are. And so what are some practical ways that you in your own life just kind of combat this almost, I mean, it is kind of, it is warfare, but it's all in here, right? And so right. what are some ways that you in your life that helps you kind of get out of that? I think it's practice, you know? Um, so as we, we had our, I mean, so, so many things. Like I've, I've been a Christian for, uh, like I've been, I, I got saved when I was 15, I'm 57. So, you know, there's, you build up a lot of reps really. And, and for most of my time, I have, uh, I've been a learner, you know, like I, I want to learn, I want to be taught, I want to not be stuck. You know, I'm uh, a little bit driven to be, better than yesterday you know yeah. so 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 I, I think that i think for me there's a bunch of stuff that is really important and some of it over the years has been a little bit controversial and of course the the whole notion of seeing doesn't mean uh that i'm never tricked or never fooled or anything like that you know sort of interacting with the unseen realm doesn't mean i'm never um god will never remove faith from the equation he's just never going to do that you know, we're told in Romans that if we're not acting by faith, that it's sinful. Anything we do is not acting by faith. So there's certain principles like that I, that I think, like, do I need faith in this instance or not? And the minute I find myself lying, I don't need, so I don't need, we're, we're headed to Reading a couple of weeks um, for uh, a day with some of our tribe and then a full leaders advance. And, um, you know, I, I remember going to Reading when I was leading a church and the church very graciously gave me a budget to do this. Now I don't have a budget to do that. It's actually coming out of our, you know, money that's 
that's I don't have this, you know, furry godmother that's sort of waving a wand and saying, hey, go for it. Um, so that requires when we make the decision to do that, that requires faith. It requires zero faith to make a decision to not do that. And, and I, 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 I think there's things like that that I go, OK, this decision, like there's things when I'm making a decision, I'll say, hey, what what requires faith? Like, what is the faithful decision here? Not the um, reckless decision, but what what is the one that actually is making a demand of me? So there's certain values and principles I think we all live by. You know, generosity is one of those things that, that we live by. And, you know, is there a generous decision here? Is there a, you know, the, the, then let's let's do that rather than doing something else. You know, and that generosity isn't just about money. It's about saying, hey, I want if you're part of, you know, if you're like sort of part of our people, then I want to make sure that you have access to me and that you have access to my stuff and, and all of the above, right? So it's generosity and all kind of walks of life, even when things are closing in, you know, yeah. even when things like, you know, if it's, if you become famous, successful by using my stuff, and I'm not becoming as famous or successful as you are by using my stuff. Well, that's a real challenge. And that challenge then has to push us back onto our core values. So I think for me, the core values thing becomes absolutely, absolutely essential, like working out that these are the things I'll die for. Mm. Um, not the things that I, not the things that I think are really important, but these are, these are the things I'll die for. Um, like the life in the spirit, you know, faith, generosity, all of those kind of things are kind of our core values. But also knowing that we have built in accountability. Um, uh, I had a conversation with someone uh, earlier today, and I, I made some comment, and they said, "Yeah, that's not how we talk to each other. That's just not how we. That's you know, we don't really do that." And it was a, a, a little. I thought I was being funny, but they obviously. Um, picked up on something that was just maybe a little bit out of sync with me. Um, so yeah, I think living from your core values, I'll tell you, I'll tell you whether someone's living from a core value of comfort versus a core value of, of faith very, very quickly based on the decisions they make when they're confronted with um, lack and loss, particularly. Wow. 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 Can you like, Yes. So there is, there's definitely two types of people. There's the comfort and it's so easy to just fall back into the comfort. You know, right now I'm like, it would be so much easier to just get a job <laughs> because there is this thing. And I know there's more, like, I know that I'm, I'm here to do something to, to be who I am, but it would be, there's quick decision would be like, I'm just going to go apply for a job at Costco, you know, and I don't have to do building, I don't have to create things, I don't have to do all this. So that would be comfort to me, that would be a decision for comfort, versus kind of being no, I'm a forerunner, I'm supposed to kick down the walls so that people can go through. And so so there is this there is this thing. And I always say like, it's the thing that makes you feel, makes your heart beat a little faster. I don't know about you, but it's the thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it scared, but I'm going to do it. So can you talk a little bit about that? Just about the risk. Like, how do you even, so say there's someone sitting here right now and they're, they know there's something in them. They kind of have an idea of what it is. How do you practically just 
step into that? So I just had a conversation with my daughter about some of this stuff. And, you know, my kids all know that motivation is a myth. So we're not waiting on being motivated. It's a complete myth. Like, wow. you know, I don't, I don't go to the gym because I'm motivated. I go to the gym because I've made a decision. Um, you know, the notion of motivation, motivation is really we're waiting for a feeling to overtake us. Yeah. And you, if you've been around me any length of time, you'll know how unreliable I believe feelings are. Um, you know, like the, with the whole Daniel Company stuff, like we're, the, the shocking part for people is to learn that discernment is not a feeling. Discernment is, is actually knowing, mm-hmm. you know, I really feel this, don't care. I want you to know this. Um, so I think it all starts with a decision. I think the, um, there's, there's something very similar between entrepreneurial people and uh, apostles, for example, um, in that they are familiar with risk and actually if we're truthful about it we enjoy a little bit of a risk thing you know yeah going, going to going I to think work you called Costco. me a masochist the other day yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, going to work going to work in Costco is the is a slow death by a thousand yeah. small cuts you know it's like you go in every day and you get another like piece of your body taken away and it's like okay I'm slowly dying whereas other people go to Costco it's like yes this is amazing um I, I would say that the most powerful thing that we can learn is to make decisions based on our values and based on what God has said. So uh, I think there are too many people in their 60s and 70s that are still waiting on someone providing instead of, you know, you, you make the decision and you take, you take a step. And then if it doesn't work, you learn how to take another step. And wow all of that kind of stuff it's 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 i i don't i don't want to appear as um i don't want you to think that i'm not interested in how people are feeling because obviously i've been married for 33 years i have three children i have good relationships i have relationships that go back you know 45 years it's not that i'm this reckless person but we can't be feelings driven, like especially when it comes to risk, especially when it comes to faith, we cannot be uh, feelings driven. Um, I, I wonder, you know, like we've wondered about it, just even based on our foundations last weekend, I've been wondering that how much of us just lose hope. And yeah. then when we yeah. lose hope, we're, we're not going to take any risk. Um, so John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And I, I frequently think that risk is spelled M-O-N-E-Y. Um, like that, that's kind of, you know, the sort of, there's a correlation between all of them and just are not wanting to um risk we just don't want to spend money on stuff we don't want to be uncomfortable we don't want to but it it just results in that we're slowly dying yeah um generally from the inside out because we lack adventure i think especially men you know i'm probably the only man on this call um but especially men who are born for adventure and but all of society for the last probably 55 years has told them to just be very feelings oriented 
and we got to feel a bunch of stuff. And I'm not saying men shouldn't feel. I'm not talking about any toxic masculinity or anything bad. I'm just saying we we sometimes don't know what to do, mm. and um, we don't know what to believe. We don't know a bunch of stuff. So I I think I think, and it's not just men. I think we're born for adventure. Yeah. We're we're born to govern. We're born to you know be in dominion, whatever that means, um, be fruitful, multiply, all of those things. And uh, that requires risk. I, I, and and I, do th- I do wonder how much of us just need to stir up hope, you know? Yes. Just to stir up that hope again. And that's going back to your not being able to dream question at the very start. It's the, it's the inability to have hope around something Yeah. Um, that I think becomes kind of job number one can we stir that up yeah like what is the potential right what is the utmost potential for your life and what do you what I always think about like what is the one thing that if you could wake up in the morning and you'd be like oh my gosh I can't believe I get to do this even though it's hard it's not easy but I can't believe I get to do this and it just stirs something in you I want to do that I want to wake up every day saying oh my gosh I can't believe I get to do this and I get yeah. paid for it you know that- that, that's that's a straight up decision though so yes if you want to do that every day it sounds like that's what you should do every day you know <laughs> instead instead of waiting for something external to come in that that for me is actually a decision and I'm not saying you're going to pop out of bed going Mah! But I'm saying you pop out of bed going and say, okay, this was my decision yesterday. This is my decision today. Yeah. And it might take me 30 minutes to actually orient my feelings towards my decision and my thinking. But I'm going to do that, especially if you're not a morning person. I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to orient my, my day towards this. But don't underestimate the power of self-deception, right? Yeah. Don't underestimate the power of, like, we just don't know what's enough. Uh, so, like, my my drive at the minute, like, I... I <clears throat> Not my drive. That's not true. Um, I want, I want, you know, this thing in my life to be the most prolific, most successful, best known, um, you know, the Daniel Company. I want it to be the the place for Sears. I think I was watching even someone this morning who's, I've actually had them on my Daniel Company, and they're talking this like. Sorry to say this, but you're talking this nonsense about the whole seer stuff in the seer realm. <clears throat> they're a prophet who sees, they're not a seer. Right. Um, and they're a prophet who gets the revelation through pictures and visions and all that kind of stuff. They're not, they're not a seer. They're not someone who has access to the unseen realm. I go, what are you doing, people? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? This is just, and, and, and so for me, it's driven not to actually reduce their voice, but to actually say, hey, you understand that this is biblical. So what does that look like? If I want that to be like that, what does it look like every day? Well, well, that's challenged the minute someone writes something nasty on one of my social media accounts, right? I immediately get challenged. Do I want that or do I want to listen to this? Mm. The minute I say to myself, you know what? I, oh, my goodness. I can't, try, I can't try and convince people again. I can't send another email I can't go on and do another social media post because people are going to be sick of hearing it. I actually want people to be sick of hearing it. I want it to be so front and center with people that they're going, oh my goodness, not this again. Because that's actually how you change values and culture is for this to be so front and center for people to go, what the heck? That's irrelevant to me and all this. But 
Um, so that's when it's challenged. It's challenged whenever you say, you know, I wanted to be like this, but then I want to work in Costco. Well, the minute you want to work in Costco, you got to sort of say, you know, part of it is giving yourself a little slap across the side of the face and saying, no, no, I don't want to work in Costco. I want to be, I want to be leading this company that is doing X, Y, Z and changing the landscape. You know, I, that's what I want to do. Yes. So that's not motivation. That, just to be clear, that's not motivation. That's a decision. Mm. Like I am, I am, you know, one of my top three book, top three books of all times is Andy Andrews, you know, uh, the seven decisions. Yeah. And this part of it, you know, decision number one is I have a decided heart. I've actually decided what I'm doing. The problem with the gym and with diets and all of those things is that we don't make decisions. We make commitments to start diets. That's the decision instead of yeah. saying, you know what, this is my decision. I'm actually going to live a healthy lifestyle. I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle. That's what I'm going to do. That yeah. was part of Daniel's motivation. You understand that was actually part of Daniel's motivation was actually I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle so that nothing from the other side, so to speak, is going to taint my life. I'm going to live a life that is devoted to Jesus and uh, all of that anyway. Yes, yes. I love that you're talking about Daniel because I do want to talk about you're mentioning the Daniel company and there might be people that don't know what that is. I would do want to talk about that as well. Um, but there was something I was going to ask you and I forgot what it is. Jesus, the answer is Jesus. Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. And that's the thing that I had to overcome myself this week. It's not about me. It's not about how many people are signing up for Awakened Destiny. It's not about how many people purchase the VIP package. You know, it's not about me. It's about the value that we're bringing. It's about those people that they get to walk in a thing. And that's what the Daniel Company, too. It's like the Daniel Company. I've been through two rounds of Daniel Company, and it has changed my life because I, you get these tools where you actually, yes to dreaming, yes to all of that, but you get a tool to see, to see like, what is heaven actually doing around me and how can I partner with it? How can I partner with what heaven is doing? And that just, that's the real superpower right there because that's motivating. That's motivating. That's like, I want to get in on that. So talk a little bit about the Daniel company. And then I have your video as well to, to show. Yeah. I mean, the Daniel company started for me as a way of sort of, it was actually a download I got one night. So I blame Colin. Um, (laughs) I actually had this download and I, I, um, for me, it was actually just about these seven pillars of Christian mysticism. And that's really what um, has formed the backbone of my spiritual being really um and stuff anyway i'm not going to but um so yeah it was a it was a sort of download of this is what it could look like what does it look like if we have um if we had a school that wasn't about supernatural ministry but like a company of people that were going to build for generations to come the way daniel did that was going to build some principles and understanding um for generations to come you know daniel was known as the chief magician he wasn't known as a prophet yeah. uh, he wasn't afraid of being tainted by you know all the darkness that was around him because mm-hmm. he stood so strong in the presence of god you know yeah um nebuchadnezzar said of him that he was as knowledgeable as everybody else as all the other sorcerers and magicians but that he was 10 times better at actually doing the stuff yeah um so i i think that 
I, I want a company of people like that. And I don't have it all figured out, to be honest. Like we've changed every cohort that we've done. And the, the reason we're changing every cohort is just so that we can try to taste and see, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna it's like research and development. Um, so this time around, there's a weekly call with Rachel and me, we're both doing it. She did this thing called Restoring Eden. So she's bringing in a bunch of stuff that she did with Restoring Eden into the Daniel company. And sort of like, she's a real, she's devotion is her life, you know? Um, if she could be a married nun with children, she'd be a married nun with children. You know, that's kind of what she wants to give herself to. So um, what, what she has given herself to. So she's going to bring that whole devotional piece. And then I have some, stuff and for me again it's a continual learning curve it's it's you know me having this experience last night and god saying i want you to tell people about it it's not unusual for me to have experiences like that but it's then god saying no i want you to tell people that you wow. tell your wife that uh because that might encourage people instead of you know doing the keeping these things in your heart and treasuring um so yeah it's part of like all that kind of stuff that daniel can the Daniel and, company. And I think what yeah. it did for me is it just brings everything back to Jesus. It just, yeah. it just brings everything, no matter what I'm building or dreaming about or whatever yeah. I'm doing, it, it just always brings me back to Jesus. And you give us tools to actually do that as well, like daily tools and journaling and all of that to actually bring it all back to yeah. Jesus. Because and honestly, if, if, if you know everything about the mystical realm, about seeing, about discernment, please don't join us. <laughs> like I, I want people yeah. that are hungry, people that want to yeah. learn, people that want to grow. That's what I want. If you've got it all together, then please start your own. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I want people that are hungry and want to learn. We had our final call of cohort two last night. And uh, one of our one of the one of the people on it who used to go to our church in Chicago, she just jumped on it at the end. Uh, Julie jumped on at the end, and our our friend in Chicago just said, "This has changed my life." And uh, I'll like I don't I don't need I describe people as cacti, you know that you know I've I've referred to Rachel as a cactus. And it's not that she's prickly or anything like that. It's just she only needs a little bit of encouragement. You know, you don't, you don't need a whole lot of water to live. You don't need to be that oak standing beside the rivers. You just need a little bit of encouragement every now and again. And I feel I'm the same. And that kind of uh, has, has so touched me, you know. Yeah. It's just this, this has changed my life. And it's changed my life not because, you know, hey, I'm seeing angels, which is awesome. Uh, but it's just because even when the wind blows, I'm reminded of Jesus, you know, just because of her story. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to play a video here for your Daniel company. But I just want to say this, that the growth that I have experienced myself and just being um, having Ian as my mentor has been life changing. And if you knew me, me even a couple of years ago. Even a couple of years ago, I was a different person, I would have to say. I was very much stuck. I actually, it's so funny because I'm here at the church and I um, go into the bathrooms here. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, I'm just saying the importance of having a good mentor. And, and Ian is, has been that for me. So mm -hmm. I go into the bathrooms here and I go in there and I look because I built those bathrooms. I built them at a time that was really hard 
really, really hard, stuck in comfort, but I had people that believed in me, like Ian and Borny and Micah, and um, thank you. And I'm just saying this because it's so important to have people that see you and that be like, you know what? We believe in you. So come under this. Go check out the Daniel Company. It's Daniel, com the Daniel Company dot info. Thank you. Like it's uh, Ian and Rachel, man. Ian and Rachel. <laughs> I'm a lifer. <laughs> You'll never get rid of me. Uh, I think I'm probably the first person to sign up for everything you do. <laughs> I think you are, yeah. I think I am because I see the value. I see the value. And we talk a lot about favor, you know, favor and honor flowing from the top down. And that's what I've experienced is being under Ian and Rachel. I am a groupie. I am definitely a groupie, Julie. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to show you this beautiful video um, of the Daniel Company, and then I want you to go and check it out. The time of the mystics, isn't it? We're rising as authentic expressions of what relationship with Jesus actually looks like in new creation life. Very heart of Daniel, even throughout the book of Daniel, was to point people to, to, to the Lordship of Jesus. And I think it is for such a time as this, I think, what God is doing on the earth. Right, I believe that we all started out being aware of the unseen, uh, but it has been gradually taught out of us. My goal is to teach it back into you. Saying, here's heaven's culture, and this is how I can grind heaven's culture. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. This absolutely insatiable appetite for supernatural reality. I do want people that can serve, you know, Nebuchadnezzar. I want people that can uh, tell the tell the kings of this world their dreams. I want people who are trustworthy, you know, with secrets of, of, of people. I want all that, but really is to see the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filling the temple. That, that's really what I want to point people to. It's really the heart of Daniel. Like the, the very heart of Daniel is, is to point people to King Jesus. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. So go check out the danielcompany.info. Check it out today. It starts, uh, registration ends when? Uh, October 31st, simply because we're traveling. So um, we normally, we'll do four calls. Um, we'll do a call every Tuesday for six months. Um, excuse me, the first, third, and fifth will be on, will be 10 a.m. Pacific, and the uh, second and fourth will be 6 p.m. Pacific. They'll all be recorded. Uh, they're all designed to sort of activate you in what, what I would consider is like a supernatural lifestyle. Like yeah. it's just this yeah. ability to live in all of creation, the seen and the unseen spaces in creation. Uh, one of the questions we get is why, why does it cost money? I think it's really important to know that money is, is the physical manifestation of energy mm -hmm. and that I, I think it's just really important that I don't give God something that has cost me nothing. And time and time again, it is the amount of it is the commitment that we make financially is actually, you know, scripture talks about where your treasure is, your heart goes there. You know, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will go. And so I want people to be invested in this. And it is an investment. I understand it's an investment, but it's an investment, not a cost. I actually put the link if you would 
like to donate or just sew into Ian and Rachel. It's buildingcontenders.com slash partner. I mean, this was so valuable. Like go back and re-listen because if you can take hold of these truths that Ian shared with us today, your life could change starting right now. That's, I believe that wholeheartedly. So buildingcontenders.com forward slash partner. Go so into them. They are so worth it. It's such good soil and you will reap the, the blessing. I believe it. So thank you again, Ian. Thank you so thank much. You. Appreciate you. And uh, I'll see you later. Bye. Thank you, Ian. Anytime. Awesome.